welcome. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and perhaps you're not familiar with a local organization here in Pittsburgh called Doors Open Pittsburgh. Doors Open Pittsburgh offers some guided and walking tours of various sites and events and places around the city of Pittsburgh. And as a behavioral health therapist, I chose to take a walking tour of one of my favorite places on earth, and that's Highland Park, located in East Liberty, Pennsylvania. Now, you may think, well, what's so special about this tour? Well, as a mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapist, what I like to do is introduce people to the concept of paying attention on purpose, and that mindfulness is not necessarily sitting on a satin pillow going, mm, all day. It's about participating in your life and being present. On this tour, not only are we going to be introduced to the sights and sounds and historical data of Highland Park, what we'll also do is introduce you to various ways to participate in aspects of your life, to observe, to describe, to participate, to be able to label and describe accurately how you're thinking and feeling in order to create memories. As we go through life, we can accumulate t-shirts, we can accumulate knickknacks, but one of the most important things and the only thing is we really carry is memories. So on this tour, we'll be participating in mindfulness activities, some breath activities about being in the moment, so you can translate and incorporate the techniques that you'll learn on this mindfulness-based walking tour into every aspect of your life. For times and ticket information, please go to www doorsopenpgh.org. Thank you. Be there or be square. Uh, welcome back to our continuing conversation with our delightful guest, the unwilting Tatiana. So we've had a number of people that told us about their experiences through COVID where all the productions shut down. And I don't know what, what happened to the wrestling. For everybody, it was, it was different. Um, there was a promotion that I had been managing at called Black Diamond Wrestling, and the regulations in West Virginia were a lot more lenient than they were in Pennsylvania. So they were still running shows, and they invited me to come down and just have practice matches, essentially, in front of really tiny crowds. And everybody encouraged it everybody was like as long as you like are safe and you know get tested and all that uh go down get some work and um so every week a couple of other workers and i would climb in a car and go down there and have matches and then that no longer became an outlook for us to use because the promoter uh kind of got himself into some big social trouble so we all stepped away, and then training was still happening. Um, I remember everybody thinking I was a little goofy because uh, obviously, you know, everybody feels differently about working around crowds, especially during that time. My job at the time was working with uh, truckers and the general public. So I wore a mask all the time because I was afraid that, you know, these guys that are on the road all the time and they really do not care about regulations, they might have, you know, given me the virus or exposed me to it 
So I want to be here. I want to keep getting better, but I want to keep everybody safe. So I would do training wearing a mask the entire time. And that's why my cardio stayed really good for a bit. (laughs) So your day job shut down, I'm assuming. Well, I actually changed jobs during COVID. Uh, I started at the Pittsburgh International Airport, and that's that's where I was when the pandemic started, and that was not fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That job did shut down. And then a couple months after it started back up, I accepted a job with a truck rental company. And so I was there. And then something I didn't mention was um, during the pandemic and actually during that transitional period between jobs, I got injured twice. Uh-huh. I broke my left wrist Um completely my fault. I went to do a handstand thing and just leaned a little bit too far to the left and my wrist did not agree with me. The doctors, however, were very confident that it wasn't that bad of an injury. They didn't even put a cast on me. They just said, wear this brace, don't use your wrist, and then go to occupational therapy when you're done. And I was like, okay. So I healed up. I kept going to practice. Everybody was really proud of me. They're like, you're you're a champ, you're doing great, you're pushing through this. I was actually starting to get bookings because, you know, a lot of people were talking about me in a really positive light for, you know, working through that injury. And then I broke my elbow. Oh, boy. I was in a brace for all of June. I was healing and recovering all July. And then August, my elbow was broken. And I almost left. I almost left wrestling because I was kind of terrified at how easily I'd just gone down. And, you know, I I broke the elbow the day before I started the truck rental job. Ah. And, you know, they were cool about it. They were like, accidents happen, please heal up, and we'll, you know, just keep doing whatever you can. But I just, I, I couldn't bear to go near a wrestling ring. I couldn't bear to go near, shows were starting to come back. I was starting to get booked. And I just, I couldn't bear to go anywhere. And it was really hard. So what type of, tell us about the different type of reactions you would get when you would tell people that you were a professional wrestler. Oh, geez. I get a lot of different ones. Um, there's the general, what? Where there's like kind of excited confusion of like, that sounds really cool, but that also doesn't make sense. I'm a, I'm a very petite woman and I don't look very aggressive. So people mostly think of like big, strong and aggressive when they hear wrestler. And then they see me, they're like, that doesn't match up at all. Are you sure? Are you sure that's what you actually do? And they see pictures and videos and they're blown away. Um, There's some people who are wrestling fans and they realize that like anyone of any size can do this and they get excited because they think it's cool. And then you get the people who don't like wrestling, but they won't admit it. And what they don't like is that they see it as being so competitive that it has to be real 
but it's not. And they take personal offense to that. And then they make it my problem. You'll have to explain that a little more. Um, not to pull the curtain horrifically back. Um, a lot of folks who don't like wrestling don't like it because they claim that it's fake. They don't like that the outcome is predetermined. They don't like that not every single move hurts or every single move looks like something you would pull out in an actual fight. And they don't like that, you know, they don't like some of the stories that we tell. And yeah, they, like I said, they, for some reason, take personal offense to it. I've had people who have tried to goad me into admitting it's fake. And I'm sitting there with bruises all over my body being like, I'm not going to do that because it's not. It's a different form of competition. It's a different form of entertainment. I understand that it's not easy for an outsider to get it. Or, or see exactly how it works. But I'm on the inside. I know how it works. I know why it's not fake. So you will never hear me say that. You're a performer. I'm a performer. It's, it's wonderful theater. A lot, much drama. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, I may be standing across the ring from somebody who in the back I'll absolutely share a beer with and, you know, hang out with at a party or whatnot but when we're in the ring we absolutely want to rip each other's throats sure. out and you know some people are like well if it's a competition you shouldn't be friends with your opponent but then i think about how like in baseball and hockey how there's fights that break out all of the time and you really think that these guys hate each other not at all but then, like, maybe uh, in baseball maybe like an inning and a half later you see the first baseman uh, cracking jokes with whoever just got a single. And that's still real. That's still a competitive sport. And that fight earlier did still happen. But that's life. You know, you fight with people and then you calm down and you move on to the next thing. I keep thinking of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He may not have been the most proficient technical wrestler, but man, that guy was electric. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was very, very charismatic. And that's the thing about wrestling is you don't have to be the best in the ring to be noticeable. You know, if you've got the personality, then you can use it to cover what you lack in the ring. If you're excellent in the ring, you can use that to overcome maybe not being the best at promos. You know, you probably don't remember a, a guy by the name. Of, his name was Bob Backlund. He was... WWE wrestling, WWF at the time, wrestling champion. He was an NCAA wrestling champion. Mm -hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, the guy was, he was really boring. He was a, obviously a wonderful technical professional wrestler, but he just hadn't, there was no fire, there was no pizzazz to that guy at all. I remember Bob Backlund when they brought him in to uh, manage Fred Rosser when he was still in the WWE. And I honest to God forgot his WWE name. And I remember being very confused about there was just not a lot of history that they portrayed for Bob. And so I was kind of confused. And then the characters didn't really seem to match up. So, yeah. Well, uh, so tell us about the 
development, the metamorphosis of your persona? Oh, hmm. Well, I started under the name Tatiana Rose, and I used to joke around that my gimmick was, I'm just happy to be here. Because for a while, that was that was true. Then that was it. I was just really happy to be here. And, you know, I, I had too cute of a face to work as a bad guy, so I was always a face. And then I got kind of sick of it, and I was like, I need to do... I need to do something. Even if I don't like what I'm doing and want to move on to something else, I need something to start on. And I've, I love florals in real life. I incorporate florals into every aspect of my life, my wardrobe, my home decor, uh, my plateware has flowers on it, which is great. Um, I thought, okay, well, I've got gear with flowers on it got the flower crown. I'm making a jacket that has flowers on it to like walk through to the ring in. Why don't I just lean into that? And while I was making, while I was starting that process, I thought, well, I can't lean into flowers while using the name Rose. I'll blend into the background. No one will care. If I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to make it work at least for a little bit of time, I got to make sure that people see me and, you know, don't just wave me away. So after a lot of back and forth thing with myself, I just, I dropped the last name Rose. I just titled myself as the unwelting Tatiana and just kind of kept doing what I was doing. And I just, I, I wish I could go through a step-by-step -step process of how we've got to where I am now. But in all honesty, it just made those two decisions, leaning into the flowers and dropping the last name, that was it. That was what I needed. Because people did start paying attention. They're like, okay, so this girl's whole thing is flowers, and she's just Tatiana. She's Tatiana, and she's covered in flowers, and that's it. Let's see what, let's see what she can do. And then I started getting more matches, and I started getting better, and I started going to training more often, going to the gym more often. And just all of those things just started building up, building up. And now... I'm just at a point where I'm doing something that I feel is very unique. Not to say that there aren't other people who are using florals or there isn't anybody who's use, not using plants. There's a guy named Leo Sparrow and his entire gimmick is that he's obsessed with plants because he's vegan and he's great. He's doing stuff with plants, but what he's doing is very different from what I'm doing. I'm doing something that other people aren't necessarily leaning into as hard. And we'll be continuing our conversation with the delightful Jess, also known as the unwilting Tatiana, professional wrestler, on our next podcast of Fishing Without Bait. And you're in for a real treat tonight because you have a free prescription from this show. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your television. And take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free, my friend. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website 
We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.